Game Changer, Episode 27, Gamify New Hire Onboarding, featuring MindTickle. Welcome to Game Changer, a series on using gamification to engage employees. Join us as industry experts discuss one of the hottest trends in business today. Using game thinking to engage employees in work, wellness, recruiting, and more. This is a special podcast series by the producers of the top-rated podcast, The Engaging Leader. And now, with nearly 20 years of experience helping engage hundreds of thousands of employees at Fortune 500 companies and other organizations, here's your host, Jesse Leahy. Welcome to the show, Game Changers. This is the show for CEOs, HR executives, and other business leaders to learn about internal gamification. Over the course of this series, you'll hear examples and pitfalls, discover how to assess when it's an appropriate strategy, and learn to evaluate gamification partners and game design ideas. Well, I don't know about the last time you joined a new company, but uh, my guess is the new hire onboarding experience was long, complicated, overwhelming, and boring. Our guest today is Mohit Garg from MindTickle, and MindTickle has been working for the last few years to make onboarding for new hires a totally different experience, actually learning in a way that's fun, and it's all about using gamification and social media. Mohit, welcome to Game Changer. Thank you, Jesse. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Mohit, can you give us the history of how you got to be in this space, this onboarding space that's that's then expanded into other types of learning. It wasn't really your, your first plan, uh, was it? Yeah, that's an interesting story. Um, when we started looking at the enterprise space, Jesse, we saw that there was so much of uh, dull, uninspiring experiences, not just in learning, but in general, you know, enterprise software from five years back, uh, you know, when I was in a big name consulting firm and I worked with some large organizations, it, it was really very functional and uninspiring. So the co-founders of MindTickle and I, we, four of us, we have been gaming enthusiasts and we would often wonder, right, why does the Saturday, Sunday experience of an employee be so different than the Monday to Friday experience, right? People look forward to engaging with consumer apps on Saturday, Sunday. They spend a lot of time on uh, these applications. And with games, people are like working on that, uh, plugging away for hours. And we started looking at how can we bring the engagement that a gamification approach can bring about to enterprise software. And we got really excited about employee engagement, right? So we put out our first... Uh, MVP or first version of our product uh, as a beta launch in the space of employee engagement. And it worked out really well, right? We had very high user engagement. We got raving reviews from our customers, but we ran into a challenge. Every customer we would talk to would have a different definition of employee engagement. And secondly, establishing ROI for employee engagement is really challenging. Right, So I'm very interested in any of the listeners or you have a way of quantifying ROI of employee engagement. So it became increasingly difficult for us to productize this approach. 
right? There were different requirements from different customers, non-standard requirements, and establishing a clear ROI to say, if you spend this much with MindTickle, then this is how you move, move your business metrics. So somewhere around uh, middle of 2012, we did a uh, pivot in terms of our product strategy, and we reoriented what we had learned and started working towards a highly engaging social and gamified learning platform. And that's what MindTickle is today. But we benefit a lot from the learning from uh, engaging employees with our first avatar of MindTickle. And all those learnings got folded into the engagement that we are continuing to deliver on our learning platform today. That is a very interesting historical background. So rather than approaching training and onboarding from the more traditional perspective of, hey, we've got some information to get across, that your history almost forced you to think about it from an, the engagement side, which is a very unique way of, of approaching that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, to your earlier question about new hire onboarding, when we looked at the whole learning landscape, right, we found that online learning or e-learning, as it used to be called, was driven a lot by fear. It was driven a lot by regulation and compliances. You know, when that is the motivation for an organization, they're not going to care so much about engagement. They're going to care about the checkboxes and covering, you know, their bases. And we started pushing the agenda of how can learning become a source of competitive advantage and business value creation. So the first area where we found a lot of gaps was in case of taking a new employee who uh, needs to be helped and needs to be uh, assisted with becoming a productive, engaged member of the community of an organization. And we found that was a huge opportunity for us. So that's where new hire onboarding was a great way for us to not showcase ourselves as a you know, horizontal software we go sell to the CIO. We instead went to the VP of HRs and HR leaders and said, we will help you improve the business metrics as it relates to time it takes to people to become productive, the engagement level of new hires on day one, day 30, day 90. So we were able to quantify the impact of MindTickle. And since new hire onboarding, you know, we've unlocked use cases such as sales training, which have huge, tremendous opportunity for demonstrating ROI on the top line revenue growth of organizations. So you mentioned a few metrics there. Obviously, it sounds like it's been a lot easier to make the case the, the, an RO, from an ROI perspective for onboarding and learning as opposed to when you originally went to market with, with engagement. Can you share a story or two of where you've made a difference with some ROI? Absolutely, Jesse. So one of the uh, unique uh, capabilities, or I would say uh, unique untapped potential that MindTickle was able to unlock for its customers was pre-joining. Now, pre-joining is a period between the day a new employee offers the accepts the offer from the organization to when he or she shows up on the doorsteps on the day one when they're supposed to report to work. Now, this period could be anywhere from two to three weeks, four weeks, to six months for a campus hire, right? So once MindTickle introduced its cloud-based gamified platform, we started to uncover the opportunity and the possibility for organizations to engage the employees in this pre-joining period using MindTickle. And one of these cases where we were able to demonstrate a really tangible and 
a huge impact was with a large IT services firm uh, called HCL. And these uh, new hires for HCL were mostly campus hires. They were being made offers uh, sometime in October, and they would join. They would have rolling joining dates between May and July the next year. So they had a period of almost six to nine months between offer and joining. And during this period, there weren't as many touch points with these new hires. The offer was made. It was all great. And they didn't hear from the organization. And the leaders of the organization thought it was a great opportunity to use this time to introduce gamified learning and introduce non-proprietary material. So they didn't have to reveal their confidential information, but there was so much that the new hires would have to come up to speed on in terms of technical knowledge about the history of the organization, how you can be successful in your career at HCL. They had so much rich history and information for the new hires, which wasn't proprietary at all. So we used MindTickle to introduce this material to the new hires in a very exciting gamified environment. And we got all the colleges from where HCL would recruit to compete with one, one another. And the social uh, virality of this application really kicked in because, as you can imagine, the colleges are very competitive. So it's almost like school football because they could see the scores of each of their teams update in real time. And if the uh, one of the schools had 16 offers given out from HCL, the 10 people who participated would like forcibly bring the other six people in and say, hey, you're making us look bad. We want 100% participation from our college. And we saw a combination. Yeah, absolutely. We saw the combination of this healthy competition and the fact that new hires had the ability to voluntarily choose any learning track that made sense for them, hard skills, soft skills. The organization got so much value in terms of being able to reduce onboarding time once these people came on board. They also got a lot of value in terms of identifying the intrinsic interests of the new hires. So people who did very well on soft skills could be put on customer-facing roles. People who did very well on technical skills could be put on technology projects. And the biggest value came from reduction of pre-joining churn. When you have a six to nine month period between day of offer and joining, you will find that during this period, a lot of things can change. Those offers can, uh, these hires can accept offers from elsewhere. They can get disengaged and not show up. Now, that was a huge metric that MindTickle was able to move. In fact, this is a Forrester case study now, which HCL has published on their website. And the pre-joining churn was accurately predicted and intervened such that if somebody didn't engage with MindTickle, they knew this person is at risk. They could give them a call. They could address those issues. And as a result, the pre-joining churn from the previous year was brought down by more than 80%. Wow. And that was a huge, huge ROI for the organization. What is it that made it so viral? I mean, it had been more than just some some scores and, and, and rankings, right? Yeah, that's a great question, Jesse, because that is key to making a gamified initiative successful, right? It's more than just the points and badges. It's about how the uh, design of the gamification system and its incentives can be aligned to the personal aspirations, what is important to the participants, right? So let me elaborate. It's an abstract con construct, but it, tangibly, let's look at this example. First of all, this is the best audience for such a kind of competitive environment. 
right? They, they're all intrinsically engaged with a new employer right after the offer. That's the right time to get them into the system, right? They were all very motivated to learn about the employer, right? Secondly, the uh, mechanic, game mechanic of healthy competition made so much in a campus scenario, it may not make sense in a cohort of existing employees between office one and office two, right? You might have some politics, you might have issues to deal with. In this case, it made perfect sense. And lastly, where the incentives of the gamified solution, the learning solution aligned with personal incentives is that the participants were given a heads up to say, hey, based on the skills that you demonstrate in this learning experience, we are going to give you the opportunity to choose projects and assignment that align well with those skills, right? Now, that is a tangible reward, right? That incents performance, that incents participation in the true sense, which is not just motivated by a free iPad or a free phone or some gift certificates, right? This is something which was valuable and the participants strived hard towards it. And they took advantage of all the different ways that they could collaborate and earn points and not just you know, do well on a test. Mohit, you've been asked to share one of your latest case studies in late June at a conference telling about what you did accomplished with the teachers in Des Moines, Iowa. Can you share that story with us? Certainly, Jesse. Yeah, th- we're really proud of this uh, project, which in which I will I will not take uh, the credit. I think the team at Des Moines they have done a tremendous job of using Mindtickle in a way that's created so much value for them. Right? The project is called the Kite Project, and the idea behind the Kite Project was that as technology is becoming pervasive in schools the teachers need to be educated how to leverage that technology, right? So for example, iPads. Now, the teachers are sometimes struggling how to get the most out of the iPads. They're not familiar with what apps are available, what is acceptable from a security policy perspective. Similarly, when teachers would join the Des Moines district, there are actually 3,000 teachers across 17 schools. They wouldn't know how to take printouts, how to set up their email. And this resulted in lots of IT support requests, which were pretty mundane and you know didn't require a human responding to them. So uh, Des Moines signed up with Mindtickle. It was a pure DIY self-service project. That's why I, I think they get a lot of the credit of what was accomplished. And they created a number of modules around gamified training on technology. This iPad basics, it's about how to set up webmail, how to set up mail on your phone. Now, over a period of like one and a half years that Des Moines has been using Mindtickle, the gamification in Mindtickle uh, deployment of the Kite project has become so aspirational that the teachers want to tweet about their badges. Teachers want to tweet about their proficiency. It's almost become a social bragging right to have taken those courses and modules. And those who haven't, they almost looked at, hey, you got to check it out. There's so much of, I would say, uh, a peer collaboration that's going on in that system. And that's where Des Moines School District uh, invited Mindtickle to team up with them 
at the uh, ISTE International Society for Technology and Education uh, conference in Atlanta on uh, June 28 to July 1st and there're going to be about 20000 attendees and we put up a booth and we're going to let those attendees play around with the system and experience how you can at a fraction of cost so demoins is now investing 10% of their IT budget of how much they were spending to field those calls and do classroom sessions and in-person training on those very mundane technical training topics. So we're going to go armed with those facts and figures. We're going to get the participants to sample mind tickle, play with the live system, and talk to some of the teachers and participants from Des Moines. So I'm really excited about that opportunity, and I look forward to it. So by training them using... Mind tickle. They essentially were able to carve out ninety percent of the IT budget uh, that had been supporting this teacher engagement. Yes, but to go on record with the actual cost savings, I will have to get them up their approval. But I would say uh, a majority of their uh, IT tickets and calls for mundane IT issues were brought down, and they were spending almost. Uh, eight times as much for doing classroom sessions and trainings before they went online. That's amazing. Can you share with us what the user experience is like when using MindTickle? So when I think about the the traditional learning system, right. it's someone's, uh, they're getting a little bit of content and then they get quizzed on it or something. Sure. What, what's a, how is that different with MindTickle? Yeah, there are a number of ways how we have innovated and taken that you know traditional content and quiz kind of sequence to the next level, right? So one uh, really behind the scenes innovation is customized individual learning paths. And what that really means is each individual has learning needs that may be different from other learners, or there could be a group of learners. So for example, when we onboard sales reps on MindTickle, the learning experience is different from that of uh, members of technical team or members of finance team. So MindTickle is able to create learning paths that are customizable for each learner's needs. And secondly, there's a very strong sense of feedback, which means as learners go through specific modules on their learning path, they're able to benchmark the performance against other learners, and they have targets which have levels leading up to those targets, which give a sense of progress. Now, we find that the ability to create such individual personalized learning with a very good reinforcement of feedback uh, is a great way to have the learner realize that their investment of time in MindTickle is leading them to a better place. They're getting more informed when benchmarked to other counterparts they feel like, hey, I'm getting up to mark. I'm getting productive. I, I am uh, at par with some of the uh, tenured employees in this organization. Right. So that feedback is very important. And lastly, we innovated the quiz itself. Right. So quiz traditionally has been what like a multiple choice experience. In some cases, it can be a, a heat map you click on. Now, when we launched MindTickle Learning Platform initially, we found that number of learners were not completing those courses. So we went ahead and specifically interviewed and surveyed those participants who hadn't completed the learning on MindTickle. And we said, what was it that prevented you from completing the module? 
Now, interestingly, one common trend emerged that the largest percentage of these drop-offs resulted from a response which said that I felt stuck. I felt, I felt that it was too hard and difficult. When we further investigated what was going on is that it was designed as a traditional, somewhat of a you know conventional quizzing system which said, hey, if you don't know the answer, then you don't move further. You have to click on the right choice until, unless you do that, I don't let you go further, right? Mm -hmm. So when, then we started innovating on the quiz, Jesse. We said, hey, why is it that a quiz show like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, such an exciting quiz show, why do the participants get so engaged into that quizzing process and the viewers as well? And we we found that Who Wants to Be a Millionaire had some interesting elements such as phone a friend and lifeline, right? Now, these are very useful when a participant feels stuck, right? So until the time I get to level five, six, I'm getting my answers straight, right? And then there comes a point where I need a little bit of help, right? It's almost like a get out of jail pass, right? You right. use it only when you need it. So we introduced lifelines and hints in MindTickle, right? And now today, MindTickle's uh, philosophy or approach to quizzing that we do test in order to teach. Our quizzes are designed to support the learner through the learning process. So if we present a quiz and the learner does not know the answer, we prevent them hints, which could be links to reading material. They could go back, look at slide number 16, come back and answer the question. It's like an open book exam. Or they could use lifelines to eliminate some wrong choices. As a result, we found that the percentage of learners who get stuck in the learning process and give up, don't give up. They felt encouraged because they're being assisted by the system. We are testing in order to teach, not just test from a draconian standpoint to assess these people as if they were you know, subject to some scrutiny. Well, that makes sense. Now, you, you kind of got me curious because a lot of your answer had to do with how the material was developed. And so I'm wondering, let's say our organization gets mind tickle and I'm the VP of HR or I'm the person in charge of the learning management system, do I create, come up with the content and input that into the mind tickle system on a self-service basis or do I work with mind tickle people who help me create the content? Uh, we have both models. We offer both models, Jesse. We have a full, a fully capable, 100% self-service model wherein the output is no less effective than if we were to create it for you, right? However, when we create the modules for our customers, we also bring in best practices, not just our software, right? So the self-service system provided by MindTickle, it is a do-it-yourself system which allows our customers to upload their existing PowerPoints, videos, voiceover PPTs, whatever have you. You can even bring SCOM packages or existing e-learning material and create course modules, which then become gamified and social once they're brought into MindTickle, right? But over a period of having done hundreds of deployments, our team has learned best practices, right? Now, when our customers use our professional services in addition to the software, then we engage with them in a very consultative manner. We ask them, okay, what are the learning objectives? What is the user persona? Right? Are learners coming in fresh with no knowledge or they're coming in with prior knowledge? Right? And then we apply these best practices to that context and we help our customers create a structured program which makes more sense and gets best learning outcomes. 
Now, interesting thing is once we've done this collaboratively with our customers once or twice for a couple of modules, their staff, their people get pretty savvy on this. So we don't have to handhold them forever. But you know, in many cases, we've been surprised. Customers have come in, self-service, they never talked to us, they picked up the DIY system, and they've been phenomenally successful. So we do offer both models. Of course, customers who do not have resources or they have time constraints, we can get them onboarded on MindTickle by doing turnkey projects to deliver their learning outcomes. Uh, that makes sense. And Mohit, how long does it take to get up and running on MindTickle? So the answer depends on, again, the volume of content and the depth to which one would implement this. But let, let me go beyond that and not give you that standard answer. Right? If one were to implement, let's say, uh, initial orientation program for new hires, right? if you have all the content, it would be like a few hours, like a day's job of bringing that content to the MindTickle because everything is templatized. Right, we present to you a standard, best practice-based uh, template in which you can upload content to bring your new hire orientation to life on MindTickle. Right now, but in contrast, if you wanted to build like a 180-day program, it also had pre-joining. You had modules for orientation, policy training, benefits, and you followed up with a 30-day survey, 90-day survey, a comprehensive onboarding program would take anywhere between two to three months to come to fruition, right? Again, with sales training programs, we realize that these are programs which have immediate impact on revenue. So we've been able to compress sales training deployment down to four weeks. And, and it's also iterative. So we encourage our customers to take our best practices, implement something really quick in four weeks, and then iteratively add on more modules as they go along. What's the target market for MindTickle? Is there a, a range of employees or industries that's the right fit? Yeah, and uh, this is a very interesting question, Jesse, because it doesn't have one target market as the answer. The, the answer is that for new hire training, we found that uh, employers who hire in larger numbers hire uh, the Gen Ys, Millennials, some of the younger uh, workforce, they have received a lot of benefit from MindTickle. Uh, additionally, sectors such as retail, which have high churn rate, uh, so there's a lot of employee turnover. Many times they do seasonal hiring where the employee is going to be with them for only about two to three months. They have found that the benefits of taking the onboarding process online and be available on mobile devices like tablets and iPads has created tremendous value for them. Right? Not to say that other organizations would not get the value, but because of their specific context, the amplification of that value is much higher. So on the new hire use case, MindTickle uh, is uh, targeted at larger employers who have high high uh, sorry, higher hiring volume and who have a younger workforce. In sales training, uh, MindTickle has um, had a lot of impact with smaller, fast-growing organizations where we have helped teams scale up from like a small 20, 25 sales reps to like a couple of hundred to a thousand sales reps. It's been a tremendous value addition in such context too. What's the cost structure for MindTickle? 
so we believe in simplicity jesse so we said we're not going to base our pricing based on content volume and pricing based on number of modules so we do a per user licensing it's uh, per user per month we do annual billing so our customers pay you know in the range of about uh, 30 to 50 dollars per year if they go monthly it's more like 5 dollars per user per year, per month um and if our customers use mindicals professional services uh then we also uh have a setup fee for creating those modules in turnkey projects uh but for diy customers they just pay for the licenses now for sales training we are doing some very specific innovations around crm integration and push updates on smartphone apps uh so that's going to be uh, something extra on top so i i think with sales training there's so much more roi that we are creating that even if right we uh had more value created we, we could take a little more share of that so sales training is a little bit pricier mm-hmm. but uh pricing i told you is the ranges in which we operate oh that's that's actually a lot more reasonable than i expected well so if you had let's say you mentioned some groups and of course it was the sales training groups but if they were as small as 10 or 20 or let's say even 100 employees do you, like, and so we were talking roughly $5 per user per month do you have a minimum number uh or if someone just had let's say 5 employees would would they still be able to sign up for mindtickle uh we started 20 20 users right okay. so that's that comes bundled with the platform so when somebody signs up with mindtickle we start them out with 20 licenses right so that's the price of the platform it comes bundled with that right now in case of new hires i would mention that it is not a per month model right because a new hires it could vary right somebody could do a two month orientation one week orientation so for new hires we have a flat pricing of 50 dollars per new hire it's not based on a duration that makes sense now mohit i one last question and then i want to find out where people can can learn more in 2012 when you first uh began marketing mindtickle in the onboarding space the whole gamification mm-hmm. was brand new that that whole trend was really just starting to gain popularity social media had been around for a few years um but i imagine in the in this space it was still fairly new Now here we are in 2014 and I imagine you got a lot of competition uh, a lot of learning management systems that are saying that they've got gamification added and the game mechanics and and social and so forth. I'm wondering how you view the marketplace and what makes Mindtickle stand out uh, in this day and age. Yeah, as I reflect to the last uh, on the last couple of years Jesse I I can clearly see how uh my learning curve and Mindtickle's learning curve and the whole team's learning curve has taken us beyond talking about features and functionality right so I I'm sure there are LMSs who are now going gamified 2 years after we started out with gamified learning and they're probably going to continue and talk about features for another 2 years right hmm. whereas we have graduated to talk about business impact and metrics right so when you look at mindtickles analytics it's not about hey these many people won this batch right we talk about hey of all the modules you have in your learning program these are the modules which are creating highest engagement 
these are the areas where engagement is waning. So you got to work on fix, fix that. Plus, you can identify the SMEs and you can say, once you've had this program deployed for a year, now you can identify who are the individuals in your organization who are most proficient in the skill. Right. So I, I think it's the maturity continuum. We would believe that uh, the MindTickles learning curve is at a point where we have gone beyond just badge frenzy and distributing points. <laughs> it, is, it is where gamification somewhere has uh, become the backdrop of MindTickle. It is not what we lead in with. We lead in with a business problem. And we promise our customers results to those business problems as opposed to just a gamified experience. So I would say that is where I see uh, defensibility and value creation that will continue to sustain MindTickle in the long term. Yeah, very interesting. Well, Mohit, where can people find out more about MindTickle and stay up with the latest news about what you're offering? Yeah, we would love to hear from the listeners and uh, stay in touch. Uh, you can find us at www.mindtickle.com. Uh, our Twitter handle is uh, mindtickle. It's one word. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at M-O-H-G-A-R, Mogar. Excellent. Mohit Garg from Mindtickle, thanks for joining us on Game Changer. Thank you, Jesse. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, Game Changers, we'll provide the information and links that Mohit mentioned in our show notes for this episode, which you can find at engagingleader.com forward slash GC27, as in Game Changer episode 27. And before we wrap up the show, thank you to Robert S., who emailed us to say, I'm a huge fan. I found your podcast searching for info on gamification, and it is the best source I've found. And Robert mentioned a course he'd taken at a well-known university, but... He reiterated that he found this podcast even more helpful. Thank you for that feedback, Robert. And for all our listeners, please feel free to tell us anything we can do to be even more helpful. For example, we recently had a listener ask us for an archive page so he could see all episodes on a single web page. Now, you can see all our episodes in iTunes and Stitcher and some of the other uh, directories, but now we did set up that page so you can see all of our shows for Game Changer if you go to engagingleader.com and then in the menu, mouse over podcast and then Game Changer and then you'll see archive. If you enjoy this series, be sure to check out the weekly leadership podcast, Engaging Leader, where my guests and I share more ways to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Until next time, remember, life is short, so keep it fun. You can find both Game Changer and Engaging Leader podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website at engagingleader.com. To stay up on the latest news and trends in internal gamification, join the Game Changer group on LinkedIn. We'll automatically direct you to our LinkedIn group when you go to engagingleader.com group. Subscribe to our e-digest at engagingleader.com newsletter. When you do, we'll send you a free copy of Jesse's ebook, Eight Communication Tools for Leaders. You can also follow Jesse on Twitter, at Jesse Leahy, and like us at facebook.com engagingleader. Game Changer is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm that helps mid-sized and large employers attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at aspendalecommunications.com. 
Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, and Peter McIsaac, who composed our theme music. 